What's up, y'all? This is RVS. This is R-O-D, a.k.a. Rated R. And we are the We Coming For You cast. And we talk about pro wrestling from a black dude's perspective. Tell them what they can expect on this here podcast. Oh, we gonna give you all the raw and dirty and the everything black from AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, and any other wrestling in between. If you want your wrestling unfiltered, uncensored, and you want it raw, you need to subscribe to the We Come For You cast. Right here on SOLC Network. Hey man, well welcome back in. It's been a while. It's been a while, but we back. Uh, you know, I ain't forgot about you. Um, you know, we back. Sports scenario here on the SOLC Network. I'm your man, Matt Whitener, somewhere over there. He got things moving around. He got me. Yeah, yeah, my camera messing up, but we good. We good. We got my man Daryl in the building as well. And uh, yo, it's been a wild week in the sports world in general, man. We've had people have been departing. We've got people that are stuck in purgatory. We got people that are on the move. Like nothing's nothing is set right now. Before we get too far into the fall, you know, football is gonna be taking off. That's gonna be wild. We're gonna have a whole lot of coverage on that going on here too. I got a little something to talk about with that before we get out of here today. Um, you know, I just wanted to check in, man, and just uh, say like, yo, keep the score on some of this because the temperature is hot right now with some of these moves, man. No, it's super, super hot, man. Um, first of all, make sure everybody y'all email scenariosports at gmail.com. For all your sports questions, all that good stuff as well. Um, just kicking it. It's coming back. Uh, that will be back with a Premier League preview. Don't know if this is going to be a, um, um, a, a one-night-only situation or not, but get in where you fit in on just kicking it coming up soon. You ready um, uh, You ready to preview the Arsenal Ascent? Yeah, words. yeah, no, we're going to talk about it. No, 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 we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. It, it. It's all around there. Uh, shout out to uh, B. He's, 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 uh, he's been uh, – He's been between Tampa and Dallas for like the last year. Or so, but he's we back. We're back. We're back with that. So you can plug in for that as well. Just kicking it, it's kicking off its own channel as well. So plug in with that. But uh, yeah, scenario sports at gmail.com. SOC network everywhere. I mean, I mean, you can Google it with the YouTube, man. Because a lot of people yeah. are always asking me about the YouTube. Yeah, SOC network on YouTube. You just literally put it in. Online, it literally it pops up. There's nobody else. The SCC network tries to peek in from time to time because they pay for uh <laughs> ads. No, straight up, <laughs> they try to pay for ads as the SEC network, but we're right below them if we're not the top. So you know they can't beat our SEO that much. I mean, they're gonna we're above them either way. So yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. So yeah, man, a lot and going on, man. So I mean, you know. Yeah, I know you got the plan, man. Show me what what what, what where we need to and go. We're gonna, we gonna go right into the, the, the hot hot topic, man. Brittany Griner convicted, man. Yo, like nine and a half years. Yeah, man. So like this whole thing is it's 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 wild, and it's I think in my opinion, it's the absolute worst case of you in the wrong place at the wrong time. I can remember. Like international incident you got the bottom fallout of things like that and obviously the situation had already gone down before everything kind of you know kicked off the way it did but if this was this time last year i i can say with absolute certainty that it would not have been as big of a fiasco or as big of a jam for her as it looks like it has been man so like i think there's a lot of different perspectives on this and i think that this one kind of supersedes sports but obviously with it being around an athlete and um, it, in my opinion, it speaks to the role of what athletes mean in the world in general, when you can have a, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, man, I mean, Brittany Griner is, is a huge athlete. Like people like to make these incorrect assumptions about how you would compare this to a male athlete. 
Nah, man, that's the wrong take. That's the wrong take. If this was Tom Brady, if this was LeBron James, so on and so forth, they would have already done this. The fact is, this is still happening to one of the top athletes in America at what she does. You know what I mean? And that and that's a big enough story on its own. And there's a lot of other undercurrents with it. But like I, I'll turn it around and kind of ask a question to you with this too, man. So like, what are you seeing as far as keeping the pulse on the people and some of the things that are out there with the perceptions on this? So you interest. You said this is the worst. There, uh, this is the worst one since the Latanza uh, boat in World War One, where people in America was just thinking they was going to Europe, just go hang out, and, we, oh. and Germany was like, you know what, we want to sink this U.S. boat uh, that's uh, on on its way to England to hang out. We don't and, care. Like, so, the, and this is closer, and it's similar. And of course, that is a more tragic situation. But this is one that's like, yo, I just was going over doing business. I didn't know this world was gonna be kicking off like this. And I'm I'm caught in the mix and I'm I'm in the middle of it. But I now, think people go ahead, go ahead. Now let me ask you this. I, I don't know what the usual punishment for something like this is. Like, is this nine and a half years in line with Russian standard? Like, that's the thing that I haven't had an opportunity to look at today or to find out about what that means exactly. Oh no, no, no. This is in line with the standard because their their standard is ridiculous. Because mm. there's other people that are the US citizens for other things like weed and other different kind of crimes that are like, we would be like, yo, you just get probation here. And they doing time time. Like some of them brothers was upset. Families was upset when he's like, oh, they finna trade Britney. My son been over for five years for, you know, X, Y, and Z that's super low. Like, oh, what y'all do can't you, do that. What do you think is adding to the pressures about it? Is it notoriety? Is it celebrity privilege? Like, is it the time that you can't just can't have somebody over like I, that? I think it's both of them. I think on the one side, her getting the traction of it is celebrity. And also her getting more time is part of the celebrity too. Yeah. So it's damn if you do, damn if you don't um, situation overall. And then even bigger is funny because I just think Putin might just be like, fuck it. Whatever we want, whatever y'all feel like. Like, Yeah, it, I mean, you absolutely know he's involved in this. Like, yeah, like, there's what, no what way they're just keeping her in the system and she's just going through the paces. And they were trying to get like a Russian arms dealer, the movie God of War, if anybody's ever seen them, or Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. That guy is still locked up here. And they, yeah. they was like, no, nah, that's not even enough. We need another one. We need one-to-one. Well, so here's the wild thing about this whole negotiation and how that went is, is that, yeah, you saw that they put that out there and they put, uh, what's his name? Is it Paul Whelan? Mm-hmm. Is the other, the other guy that they, yep. they had involved in it? America, it's funny, we're going to talk about the MLB trade deadline later on, but <laughs> it's crazy how they were negotiating this in the media, like, in the same type of thing, like, yeah, well, you know, you got one of our guys, we want Brittany back, and we'll give you this guy back, too, and then the next headline I see is, yo, Russia doesn't want this negotiated through the media. I'm like, this is, this is wild. And they said they wanted one-to-one, and they said they wanted one-to-one prisoners, so they're saying they ain't doing package deal two-for-ones, they wanted another prisoner to match up with Brittany, if they wanted to have a discussion. So my question is, have we called Steven Seagal? He's over there. You know he is. Yeah, but this is the problem is he's a part of the state now over there. Like he can't, he has no, he's over there. He's like a minor league Oglegard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn, he's man. He's there now. And plus so he's got that, rape charges over here too, I believe. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's almost like a deportation right there. He over yeah, there for he, a reason. He he over there. He he's in haven for us. Yeah, he, he like, so like, what do you what? How do you think this thing plays out? Like, what's the? I, I mean, I think that so far, looking at it from a legal standpoint and talking to some of the people that I've talked to about just what that means is is that 
the 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 verdict had to get handed down, the sentencing had to get handed down because now it's a true prisoner situation. So do you think that this was a formality foreshadowing a deal, or do you think that there's a chance that Brittany Griner gonna send some years over there? I don't even know. A part of me feel like she's gonna spend some time. Wow. It's because wild. this deal ain't just gonna be done like that unless they have some like let's rush it like they said we look at this like a trade in the media maybe they have already talked about it and they just gonna release the trigger if we don't see her by uh the NBA season she gonna spend another calendar there I think it's gonna That's be at wild, least another, yeah. and and like it's still crazy about the fact that I think that some of the media coverage of it has died down but like the Ukraine situation is still going on like. They're trying to find some solutions, I think, to ease that thing up. But that thing is still going on. And one thing I don't think anybody does is let America off the hook. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you've got America in an advantageous situation, I don't think that anybody around the world is going to say, oh, we'll cut y'all a deal. And least of all, Russia. I just don't see how that I don't see how that works out because, you know, America has gone hard at trying to cripple Russia as best as they can without actually laying hands on them. Like. They've done everything. Like they got they they got their bank accounts in overdraft. You know what I'm saying? They done repossessed their whip. They done done everything you could possibly do to a country without you know actually going in and actually putting feet on the ground and causing issues with their people. I, I just this, this is just a decades, bad situation. Just to mind, man, this been for decades. This ain't just like. Oh, this has been the last couple of years. We've been at them since the forties, late forties. Oh yeah, 40s. man. Like, I, like word to the Americans, man. Dope ass TV, but like, yo, like that's that's how deep it, it runs in over here. But now, my question is, does the U.S. I'm trying to think. Uh, do we have a great U.S. NBA player that we could be like? You know what? You ain't going back either. <laughs> oh, like we gonna hold on to somebody from them? Yeah, I, I was thinking it like ain't, it ain't the NBA, man. You'd have to be in hockey, like you'd have to like take Alexander Ovechkin or like like Vladimir Tarasenko or somebody we like but, that. But, in. But, we can't, but I guess we can't do that. Ovechkin. First of all, we can't take Vladdy. Vladdy hasn't done anything, and number two, he's too important to the Blues season. I can't condone that. I can't allow no, that. No, no, to happen. no, I'm not talking about that. That 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 they. I'm saying you can't go back. You have you and you can't leave out. The I don't team. think they care. They like, I right, I didn't really plan on it anyway. But I right, whatever you want to do. Like, like, what are we gonna do? We gonna take Pavel Bure off of off throwback teams on the uh, on NHL twenty three? Like, I don't know what you could do. I mean, I, America does hold some chips it can do, but forcing somebody to this is a slippery slope, right? Forcing somebody to send a prisoner that's legitimately broken a law as they deem fit in their country out is wild. Now we over here look at it like it's overkill because it's not in line with our laws and our customs and things like that. And I think that she is absolutely getting that. I think that they are kind of standing on it a little bit heavier than usual because of who she is and because of the situation they in. And because I think that Putin's above being like, we're not cutting no deals until I say so. But I, you know, the thing about it is in general is, is that I still look at it. And I'm just like, man, you gotta be careful in these other countries. Like, cause what might not be a big deal in one place ends up being a huge deal in another. And, well, I can't say for certainty that I don't think this situation would be happening had this war not be going on. I still feel like they would have, if they caught, if they catch you in Russia, just as a regular person myself, that if they catch you tripping over there, they're going to make it happen. There's a couple places I don't want to go just Rocky. because of that. The thing about ASAP Rocket was in a nicer country. He was in what, Norway or Sweden, where they, right. they, ain't, even, they ain't even tripping like that. And they kept him like three, four months. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, 
I'm not really, I'm not like going to like Dubai causing trouble. Like I know they hella friendly for, uh, you know, for, for, for consumer sake and for tourism, but I'm not going to the Middle East trying to shake things up. I'm not going to China trying to shake nothing up. I'm not going anywhere in Korea so that they can take me north and then I'm stuck. And then Dennis Rodman and Bill Clinton got to come get me. And then I'm also not going to cause no trouble in Russia. Like, and I'm not saying this, I want to be real clear. I'm not saying this to blame Brittany. It's just a symptom of, of, of man, it, it's just the, the, the bad timing again and a bad situation to be in where things are at with that. Yeah, I mean, I think about Brittany and I'm like, man, like this is the some of the worst luck of like. Oh, I think ever. Right. Like, yeah, who's had in, in the sports realm? I mean, like who's had worse luck timing wise than this? Yeah, I mean, I think about Brittany and how she. I mean, then it, because it, it just opened Pandora box in so many ways because it was like, why was she over in the first place? We need to pay the WNBA players better. Like she shouldn't even been in this situation, jammed up in the situation because of that. So you're like, oh shit, we that's another discussion. And like, and hey, it's another discussion I got time for though, because it also goes into another thing that came up too is that you looked at uh, Paige Becker's got hurt for the second time in two years. The UConn guard, the National Player of the Year, is a freshman. She got hurt. She's out for the she's out for the year. However, she's making a million dollars plus in NIL money off of promotions between Gatorade and StockX and other stuff like that. Like the WNBA, meanwhile, it's gonna be people that are graduating from college to go play pro basketball in the US. They're gonna be leaving money on the table from where they were at in college. Like, mm -hmm. here's the thing about it: having professional leagues is dope. And the amount of money that you bring in is consummate to the amount of money that you generate in any sport. Like, that's just it. Baseball wouldn't be paying the type of money it's paying if it didn't have billion-dollar TV contracts and things like that. And it didn't have billion-dollar national TV contracts on top mm -hmm. of multi-million-dollar local TV contracts as well. Like, that all plays into it. The same things for the NBA. The same thing is for the NFL. That's why when you see collective bargaining and lockouts and different things like that, yo, they're doing some high-stakes negotiating to make sure that things get taken care of. But I can't help but think that I'm not 100% sure how deep the, the, the link between the NBA and the WNBA runs as far as on broadcasting rights and things like that. But it almost feels a little bit like the WNBA being coupled up with the actual NBA it, and, and hey, let's put it out there, the G League as well, is that the NBA is up here. But if you hip to anything about the, the issues that minor league baseball has had with trying to even stay close to the way that major league baseball is negotiated, like minor leaguers are living tough lives. Like, yeah. low key, if you're not going to the league, you got to really love baseball in order to be a minor league baseball player because you're not making shit. It just ain't happening. Like, and that means you, know, you have to have already a contract already with the with with the athletics, for instance. That they, but they paying you to be down in Triple A, but well, they paying you at a nice rate from up here. Well, you almost got to be like a first round pick and have a good signing bonus because other than that, the money okay. that you're making is just the money that you're making at that point. So I mean, it just is what it is. But the thing that the thing that I look at and the thing that I say, the reason why I bring that up is, is that yo man, the NBA. I mean. Money is just doing nothing but rising in the NBA. I mean, people are getting mm -hmm. crazy money in the NBA. Figure out a way to siphon some of that over to the WNBA, man. Like, I'm not saying that the best player in the WNBA got to be making $45, $50 million a year, like $60 million a year, like what Dame Lillard about to make. Like, contracts should be consummate to what they produce, but they're more valuable than what they're getting paid right now, and there's something that could be done about that. Yeah, well, what do you think they can do? 
I mean, I don't know if it's about more of a if it is if it's about more of a shared media situation where you know a smaller a larger percentage of a total media package that's negotiated through shared WNBA NBA rights would be possible. I don't know because it, right now they prop they, so each contract is is negotiated separately instead of like oh this is a bigger package. Together. I think and then again I don't know I, I don't know that I don't I, I never want to come on here and say something that I don't absolutely yeah. know. And say something like that, yo, somebody's listening and they got some insight into that, send it in. I love to learn as much as I love to teach. But the thing about it is, is that there's got to be some type of way to get there. Because otherwise, I mean, you're just going to have this inequity and this is going to continue to feed the perception, real or wrong, that you got such drastic inequity in male and female sports when it comes to pay scale. So do you, I mean, so you think that basically like, okay, well, we just 10, 15 percent of this is just going to kick down to the WNBA. I, I mean, something figure out some way about yeah. it. There's I mean, the, the NBA is a multi-billion dollar organization. They can figure something out. It's there. It's, it's there. You, you can get a tax. I can just see something like, do I get a tax write off of this? And, for quite honestly, and quite honestly, if you can't afford to do it on a large scale, do you need to have less teams that make more? You know, I mean, I mean they what, have what eight teams now. <laughs> I mean, hey, no, I think there's a little bit more than that. I believe at least. But I mean, at the end of the day, they had more. They, I mean, they've contract. They had a lot more. They have before. contracted. They, they, like the Houston Comets don't even exist no more. And they was like the Yankees of that joint when it kicked off. But I say all that to say is is that I I, I think there's got to be something something to do on the back end of this to allow for our athletes to be able to stay in country and be able to do their thing like it just it just makes sense to me that way i mean let me ask you this mm -hmm. what do you think is more prevalent in your opinion when you look at north american sports the mls or the wnba Ooh, Ooh. i would say the wnba but mls is up there too I think because online, if you look at the online numbers, people are watching some of those MLS games on the packages. If you look at even just even soccer period in US, like ESPN FC has a heavy following on uh, online with their with their uh, you know their coverage online. So you may not keep up with MLS, but you may watch some clips on it. You may mm -hmm. watch people talking about it more, and maybe that's something they need to you know package it along with that is something like that as well. So it's twelve WNBA teams for everybody's record. Yeah, okay, that that felt that felt. No, it's yeah. a little bit more than that. Like, yeah, but I don't. I mean, they're probably even. I will say they're even right now. I if mean, not, it, an edge it, more to MLS. It says the MLS looking it up is that its revenue in twenty twenty one was two hundred fifty million dollars. Okay. So when I look at WNBA, sixty million dollars. Ooh, shit! And and MLS just got that uh, big TV contract with Apple. Right. So I mean, like, you know, like close to a billion dollars for all them teams. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's 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 wild, man. Ooh, like it's wild. I don't know if that's sixty. All right, that's sixty. I'm sorry. That sixty looks like it was from the COVID year, where things were where, where things went bad. But okay. there's, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's. Well, let's just, just even say they doubled up. So in, in earlier this year, WNBA raised seventy five million dollars for part of the business revamp that they had in the bid to try to expand its business model. For higher salaries, better benefits, and things like okay. that. And I think that all of those things are important. Those those fundings came from a mixture of private donators and also from individual players. Like Pau Gasol is listed as giving money to it. Condoleezza Rice, Nike, they've all invested into it. My only thing that I, I struggle with this is, is that when it takes private funding in order to keep a league being solvent and be able to pay people the right way, 
my bigger question is going to come is I think that the WNBA serves a great purpose, but when you got to get floated, kind of like credit lines, it almost sounds credit. You ain't got to repay. Is that sustainable? Nope. I mean, it's not, it's not sustainable. So I guess the bigger question comes and Now this is a question that I don't think can get fit in right now is how can the WNBA become more profitable, more lucrative? How can it, what can be done in order to make it be bigger? Cause I would say right now, and I've said it before, WNBA basketball is the second most famous female basketball in America. The NCAA, NCAA women's basketball yeah. is more popular. It's more people that know Don Staley than anybody in the WNBA. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, and, and that's, you know I mean? And that that's kind of wild. Like Rich when you talk Arbiena, about- Rich, Rich Arbiena from UConn. You know him Gino, way more. Gino, Gino Arbiena. Gino, yeah. You know, you got, but I mean, there are popular players. And I think there are players, WNBA has a little bit of the baseball situation where there are people that if you put the, the 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 spotlight on them a little bit more they probably would be a bit more notable but i mean it's all it's all relative so i don't know man but the britney griner situation what my hope is here i'll say what my hope is i can say without a doubt that i don't have an answer to what it's actually going to be and what's going to actually happen my hope is is that this sentencing this nine and a half years that she got today is the step towards being able to broker a deal because now she's an officially a prisoner if, if you will and it's something that allows the country to do it. I think that the narrative of it has blown up so big at this point that they got to do something that does suck for people who's who are over there, who are still in prison, who are that that aren't as notable that if she gets pulled up that way. But I think that it's a bigger issue. And quite honestly, I also think that it's a campaign issue for Joe Biden, too. And I think mm. that it's the type of thing that he can that he can do that will be able to garner some goodwill. So I, I, I think I was that also She's got even more bad luck because she she's she's literally lived. A, I mean, I know she's a uh, a woman, but she's lived the life of a brother. She's on child support right now as well from her first marriage. Mm. Then she gets locked up. <laughs> like you think, if, if, if I just told you this scenario in general, <laughs> this you're in the right place. Before, you're in the right you would place. be like, oh, that's uh, that's uh, my cousin Mike. Like, no, 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 that's Brittany. <laughs> she that's wild, and, man. And, and I was reading an article before. They saying that Britney's child support is in the rears because she's not making any payments right now. So even when she gets back, she she's gonna got, get she owes back child support. She could get made for now. If the U.S. is being assholes, they could. But she's in the rears when she comes back. Wow, man! When it <laughs> rains, it pours. <laughs> hey, Britney might want to just stay. Like, <laughs> if you, if oh you know, no! Now you sounding like LeBron. Now, man, you are gonna have people coming for you talking. Like I ain't that. saying go back to Russia. I'm saying I just go stay in France. I'm if I'm in the rears. For, let's say she does four years, and they say she's in the rears four years of child support off the flip coming back, and she's four years with not being a WNBA, not ready to actually make a paycheck. You what? what I'm, I'm not going. I'm not. I can't come back. You gotta find me for this child support. This is a bad situation. This I know is, it's just bad. It's just compound on compound. Like, yeah, and who breaks bad. it to Brittany though, too? Or do you think she's thinking about something like that? Like, damn, I, I can't even imagine that. where her mentality is at right now. With just without somebody, you imagine somebody hit you with them nine and a half years, you standing in Russian court for a vape cartridge. Now, and I gotta tell you, I, I don't know what exactly the situations are. I mean, I watched the la latest season of Stranger Things. So I kind of, that's the Russian prison that I saw. 
Nine and a half years in Russian prison don't sound like nothing that you want to be dealing with. Nope. Nope. Damn. And that was 80s Russian prison. No kidding. All right, man. Well, hey, we'll, keep our, up, we'll, man. Uh, Deshaun we'll keep Watson. Our, we'll keep our thumb on that, man. But you know, best hopes, best wishes there with that. That's just a that's just a rough situation, man. Deshaun Watson suspended suspension. Some people saying two, not bro. enough. Some people saying he shouldn't at all. Well, here's the facts about this one right away. The former federal judge that they brought in to be the arbitrator said that six games was enough. Now the NFL has filed a, filed an appeal. Basically, I think saying that they don't think it is enough. And then today it came out that Roger Goodell has said, I'm recusing myself from this. We're going to bring in someone else to make this decision because I'm not going to do it. So hey, Roger doing that thing of like when two girls that you talking to at the club, you just leave. Well, well here's, the, <laughs> here's the biggest piece of it. And then the whole thing is, is just this is just wild, just crazy to me about how they did it. The NFL brought in this ex-federal judge, uh, Susan Robinson, uh, a, a woman, in to help rule on some of these things and put some fairness and some decency into the situations around the NFL. However, now they, they're going back on the first ruling, the very first ruling that she's been a part of for the league, they're saying, not good enough. You know, we're going to go ahead and we'll take care of this ourselves. Like, what's this yo-yo bullshit that they're doing with this? Like, like for me, when the six games came down, first of all, I was like, whoa, like that's feels kind of not what I was expecting. I mean, I was expecting a, a year on the official side, even though the brother has gotten curved already. But when I saw that six games, I said, man, they didn't put the tax on this. And now you got to know the tax that I'm talking about. That's the black tax. That's the Michael Vick tax. And they was like, hold on now, player. No, you got to still, you you can't get, you can't get this at, at list price. You got to pay a little tax. <laughs> and, now, and now, so now, now they're pulling it back. They're going to put a new judgment on. So basically the six games is going to be the baseline that's going to get thrown out. And now they're going to come back in with some more. So this question and the scenario I'm putting out here about this is, is that is the NFL doing this simply to appease the masses or do they really, are they trying to set a standard for what, uh, how things should be handled around the league? You know, it's to appease the masses. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Look, the Cleveland Brown, they let a trade go through. So that means that, you're letting if you were thinking about suspending, couldn't they put an embargo saying like, "Hey, this player can't be moved because"? Oh, you mean put him on the inactive on the commissioner's exempt list? Sure, they yeah, could have done that. Right, you can't move him because we're doing an investigation. You can't move him. That surely could have been an option. It's an option that they decided to say, "No, nah, it doesn't matter." Yeah, exactly. Here's the one thing I'm gonna tell you about this up front is is that now for sure that they've done this, we know that the hammer is gonna come now. Like the hammer is gonna come now. I don't know. And also, they don't like the Cleveland Browns because they let them make this trade. <laughs> well, the thing I don't know is, is is that, all right, so is this now going to mean that this is going to go out to a full year that they're going to take them out? Is it going to be 10 weeks? Is it going to be 11 weeks? Like, is it going to be a certain percentage of the season? I don't know. Answer might come out at any moment, but it sounds like they're going to be diving this in through camp as well. So no matter what, Deshaun ain't going to be ready to go um, when, it, when it's time to get out there. Now, the thing that I look at with this entire thing is, is that, once again, it shows this, that the league is more decisive about trying to punish brothers in the situations that they find themselves in than they are of anything else. Because there's been plenty of instances where this could have came up and this could have been addressed with plenty of other egregious, egregious situations over the year in the league, in the league and they didn't do it. So now, now you're taking a hard line on crime and doing things like this. And 
what's going to happen is it also an addendum to this, but also important. Also this week, they announced that Stephen Ross, who's the owner of the Miami Dolphins, is suspended until <laughs> October 17th. And they're taking draft picks for improper contact with Sean Payton and with Tom Brady about trying to get them to come over to Miami as player yeah, coach. And he tried owner. to get and, and trying to get Florio to um to, to to tank games too, right? And to meet Brian with Tom Flores. Brady. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Yeah. I mean, you got that whole thing still going on. That there's been no resolution in what's happening with that. Listen, man, it's a joke. The whole way that the NFL tries to apply morality into situations and then put it in through through through. I guess, legislative, league legislature, it's a joke. You mean to tell me that a federal judge isn't equipped to make a decision on how something should be handled based on precedents and based on the information that was on the table. So now you got to pull it back and do it yourself. It's a and joke. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering too, though. I mean, I, I mean, I believe Deshaun Watson did mess with these women, 100%. But I'm looking at it legally. Like I didn't get convicted for anything. How are you going to take stuff away from me and the things that the the whatever jurisdiction sit dropped and said it wasn't enough evidence. So how do you have the uh, I I, I the precedent? First of all, Not saying that they should. I'm just saying like how do they have the precedent? If the, the legal court said no. Well, this is also the thing that starts to get into things when you talk about professional sports leagues having antitrust rights and being able to, to make their own rules and being able to govern okay, themselves. That's the yep. type of stuff that I think that starts to call that whole thing into question and needs to be recalled, too. Like, should they be subject to the same rulings that other businesses and individuals are, too? Because when you start to do things like this, I think the last thing that the NFL wants is for the federal government to start saying, you know what, you guys ain't running this the right way, and I'm having too many things come out. I'm hearing about discrimination and hiring practices. I'm hearing about orchestrated sexual uh, sexual abuse and, and, and discrimination in D.C. You had Daniel Snyder that was on the stand this past week doing things like that. And now you have how you're handling employee affairs based on taking things away from the actual gov certified ex-government officials to be able to handle it. Like, it sounds like you can't keep your house in order, so maybe you need some help doing it. Mm. So that's the flip of it, is that they're going to be like, you know what, I got you. I mean, in my mind, I think it should happen. I still think that, you know, it gets into that slippery slope where you say, what's the lines between private business and what's not? But anybody, anybody who looks at the NFL and doesn't realize that's 32 guys playing God, they, they're a fool. <laughs> they're a fool and a half. I mean, do, now, do we uh, – previously, uh, a previous episode, we talked about the Washington uh, team in Washington, the commanders now. Yeah. We were uh, predicting uh, a lot of people would watch that video that was trying to predict uh, the Washington Commanders' uh, future name. Um, is there a way that we could see two ownerships changing between the Miami Dolphins and the, the, the Commanders? I don't think you'll see an ownership change in Miami because they've already made a ruling about what they're going to do. I mean, they suspended the guy until August, October 17th, which is roughly like week five. What does the suspension mean for an owner? It means absolutely nothing. It I'm trying to figure out what that means. It means absolutely nothing. It's a slap on the wrist. It's It means nothing. How do you suspend the owner and then take some draft picks? Like, that's what it is? I mean, where does conduct go? Now, does those draft picks go to another team? Or no, they just, they're, just, they're just off the board. Like, back in the day when the Timberwolves, like when the, spy, like when the, uh, the inflate, deflate gate thing happened, yep. or back in the day when the Timberwolves so they, had we, no we taking money out of some brothers' pockets then. We, it's like four or five brothers ain't going to get no check. 
I mean, what will happen is that probably they'll still have the same amount of picks through the supplemental rounds and things like that. Oh, but, and, I mean, or free agents. Or, it's but still it does take a, it does take a first round. It does probably – I don't know what draft it is, what pick it is. You know, if it's like a fourth and a fifth round pick, you keep that bullshit too. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, it, it's it's just once again shows the inconsistency and in how the NFL is allowed to just play God for itself. And it's, um, you know, it, it's at this point it's, it's, it's old hat. I'm tired of it. It's, it's, it's just it, it is what it is. I don't know what it's going to take to shake the NFL. They seem to have Neo off the matrix, everything that can possibly come their way. Um, I don't know what it's going to take at this point in order to happen. But to answer your question about ownership changes, the thing in D.C., man, is serious. Like the thing that, the <laughs> thing that went on in D.C., that, that's, that's, that's wild, like how that all went over. Like, you know, it's almost as crazy as the Vince McMahon situation. And they got Vince about to paint with the pressure. So yeah, and he was I mean, Teflon Don as any fr- franchise owner was. I mean, he literally owned it, owned it, owned it, owned it, and it was no other organization to actually kick him out. Well, the only difference is is that if, if Vince would have been stick, sticking around in there, they would have fooled around, took that business apart, and then took all his funds away too. Like Vince <laughs> getting out of Dodge, let him keep some money in his in his pocket. So, do you think that Snyder could be gone? Oh, I think it's definitely a. I think it's definitely a possibility. I think that. It's difficult. I think you look back at the Donald Sterling situation and about just how you had to get enough owners that wanted to say, hey, we're not rocking with it. It's got to be out. But here's the thing about, you know, that. They got Jim Irsay out the paint, didn't they? Not Jim Irsay. uh, The Tennessee Titans owner out the paint, right? No, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, uh, Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. They got him out the paint. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. This is way more egregious to me than than the the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you're asking for consistency from the NFL, though. That's true. And I'm just going to tell you to be careful doing that because (laughs) I don't know if you heard the headline of this this particular segment. They decided that a punishment wasn't deep enough that, and then they wanted to add a little bit more on. So just as easy as they could go that way, they could go that much lighter. So basically, I break it down to you this way. As much as the league is willing to go heavier on brothers, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, Michael Vick, they can be just as easy to go light on these white guys that are running these businesses. And 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 a la Stephen Ross got suspended from a job. I don't even know what you do where being suspended makes a difference. They still got to use his money to pay the checks. What, are these guys not going to get paid because he's suspended? Nah, that ain't happening. Tiger Kill about to get paid. Two about to get paid. <laughs> These guys are about to get their money. And business going to go on for the Miami Dolphins. And that's how it's going to go. But, I, you know, it, it's just a joke, man. And how that league is allowed to politicize and be able to move its things is it's wild as hell. And so I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for revolution to be spawned in the NFL. Probably the only thing with the commanders that can maybe be something that's disadvantaged is, is that white women were damaged in this. <laughs> that was That's the key. That could be it. And I'm not going off of off racial bias or anything like that. I'm just going off how it seems to be the rulings get made in the NFL. Shout out to them. Um, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out uh, what side of uh, that we can get them to become. I wanted them to become the, the DC Rayful Edmonds. That was my. Well, I'm gonna tell you what they're gonna become. They're gonna become the DC Primes once Jeff Bezos buy them. If uh, if Daniel Snyder is out, is out there. Hey. Hey, and that's a real name that you can name them too. They gonna be the DC Primes. So, because he, he could probably put a thing saying, "I don't want anything to do with the other organization. I'm changing my team name." He can change the colors. He can do all the whole thing. The I only listen to '90s music podcast is a show for '80s babies who were '90s kids. If you were a No Limit Soldier. 
then this is your show. If you believe that cash money is not an army, but was a Navy, this is the show for you. If you and your friends ever tried to sing a song written by Escape, in vogue shy or voiced men at a talent show during middle school this is your show but i only listen to 90s music podcast is a bunch of 80s babies talking about all the songs and things that we loved when we were kids and teenagers so if you went to the skating rink and you were at a lock-in this is the the show for you if you think that tevin campbell um, was the original prince of R&B. This is the show for you. If you don't understand the the conflict between Monica and Brandy, but you're kind of on Monica's side and understand why Brandy got punched, this is the show for you. Make sure that you tune in, subscribe, click the little subscribe link. We're here. We're going to talk about all things 90s music. This is the show for you. The only thing he ain't going to do is move him out of that media market. That's the only thing that ain't going to happen. Now, you know, the only thing that I think that you probably could see uh, potentially happen in that space is I'm interested to see how that works based on the Amazon distribution deal they got. Like, how can you have a how can you make money off a distribution deal to stream games but own a team? Like, that's a I don't know how Ted that Turner works. Owned, Ted Turner owned TNT and TBS and uh, the Falcons and uh, no, yeah, Falcons. that's real. That's no, real. the Hawks and uh, the Braves playing on there. <laughs> that's real. But he was streaming his own games though. Like right. he wasn't I'm, it, right. It'd be an exclusive package for my Washington fans on Friday. No, hell no. I think the Amazon's getting like Sunday ticket or something in a couple next couple of oh, years. You, oh, oh, so that, that's something you think is gonna happen. They've Sunday got Friday. Thursday night football starting this year. Yeah, I know that. So you think that's the next step? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the NFL started its own streaming thing this year, too. Like there's an NFL plus coming. Look it's it up. Be, Four dollars, it's gonna be five dollars a month. Wow. I think it's, it's I think you already can sign up. Wow. Okay. I mean, my final question before we move on: Is all this stuff ever going to really hurt the NFL? Nah. I mean, what do you mean hurt the NFL? Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, like, will they really start losing revenue? Where you'll start seeing a shift towards a basketball more? You know, back to baseball. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens with this. This Deshaun Watson thing is interesting to me because of the fact that it could mobilize the type of people that people do like to listen to. Basically, um, you know, the Colin Kaepernick thing fell on deaf ears because half the country didn't care and thought that it was about being anti-patriotic or whatever other bullshit. You can go back into the scenario archives and check my opinions about that. But, um, you know, that whole thing got skewed, got turned around and then got thrown in his lap like it was his like he was at fault. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson actually is at fault for something here. <laughs> like he actually is. And here's the thing about it is, is that. His punishment is still more finite than what Colin Kaepernick's is. Like Deshaun Watson got a two hundred thirty million dollar guaranteed contract. Colin Kaepernick can't even get a backup job. So it shows you the hierarchy of how things are are perceived and what's tolerated and what's not. So to keep score on it, as we wrap this one up, tolerated in the NFL, uh, hiring biases, uh, sexual misconduct. And um, and being a, and 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 overruling federal judgments that have deemed a punishment to be fit. What's not allowed is being able to take a stand against something. Also stealing money too. Also stealing money. 
stealing a lot of stuff. If you talk about, about the, I mean, I'm with the with the uh, with the commanders, where they was not telling, reporting how much money they really was making to spread it oh, out yeah. to the other the teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I think Daniel Snyder might be in a little bit of a different situation than Stephen Ross. Because you you took that money out my pocket line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but then again, at the end of the day, and Stan Kroenke just somehow got the entire league to pick up the tab on his lawsuit with St. Louis. So. Man, I don't know, dog. It's 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 a wild place. It, them some wild boys. I say this: the NFL, them some wild boys, and they gonna stay wild as they, as, as as the government lets them be. All right. Next up, MLB trade deadline is gone. Come and go. St. Louis are upset about the Soto situation. Shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't ahead. know why. I mean, I get why. I, I get why. I mean, when you here's what happens with big names being in the MLB trade space is, is that everybody gets excited about the chance about what they mean to be on their team, you know, uh, you know, and then when you start reading the, 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 the headlines and start reading the rumors and you have all of these, it gets even worse now because the boom chamber comes from meme sites and from Instagram things that got like, like 20 followers saying there's rumors that, you know, that the Pittsburgh pirates are in talks for Juan Soto. Like no, the hell the Pittsburgh pirates not in talks for Juan Soto. I can't. I don't know how many people text me from like MLBMadness.com saying that, hey, man, Juan Soto could be a Cardinal. You think this is real? I said, I've never heard of MLB Madness in my life. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't got a whole lot to give this. However, over time, it did become a thing where the Cardinals actually did get involved in it. But I'm going to make it about more than just the Cardinals because there are people that more than just from St. Louis are listening to this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about the entire thing here. So. The big picture about the Juan Soto thing is, is that it was an unprecedented player being available where at this time. You know, Soto's 23 years old. He's historically good for where he's at at his age. And guys at that age and that skill set just aren't – you just don't get them in baseball. I mean, baseball does a better job of wrapping up its guys until they damn near pass their prime than any other sport alive. Like, and But Soto got up as a teenager, got the clock rolling, has been producing historically – has won a World Series already. Has had a couple of high MVP finishes already. He he's he's mad unique. But the thing that doesn't happen in baseball, unlike in other sports, is is that you don't get a chance to get these guys until they are 29, 30 years old. So for him to be out there at twenty three years old is is insane. So, so is so how is that possible though? Well, I mean, what happened is is that the Nationals are just resetting. They're getting ready to. They're getting ready. They've got new ownership coming into play. They're getting money off the books. This is a guy that they made an offer to last month, a 14-year deal for over $500 million, and he said, nah, I'm good. I'll wait. You know, So when somebody tells you that half a billy ain't good enough, you got to start making plans. <laughs> you got to start making plans, and you got to make plans at a time where you can get the most back for him, and that's immediately. The more time you've got on a contract, the more opportunity you've got to get more back for him. So they went into overdrive saying, we got to make a deal now. And boy, did they make one. They traded him. All right, let's put this, before we move on, I want to put this into actual terms about the deal that happened with Juan Soto and the San Diego Padres. Um, What they did was, is that they traded him to the dude at the bar who's buying drinks for the whole crew. Like, they said, like the Cardinals, the Cardinals was the dude at the bar who's like, I'll get you a drink because I'm interested in you. I'm not taking care of all your friends too, though, because that don't do nothing for me. Even if it gets me closer to you, I'm not doing that on principle because that's not who I am. And that's not how oh, I do business. Man. And that's, that's not how I get down. That's a good analogy. So meanwhile, the Cardinals walk away from the bar like, hey, I can't do anything. 
I'm going to go over here and do something different, make a couple of smaller moves and still hit what I need. I know that people are not going to like it. My boy is going to be disappointed when I get back over there. Like, dog, I thought you was in there. thought you had her. Like, nah, man, she wanted me to get drinks for the whole crew. Now you're going to have guys in your crew, maybe your henchmen, maybe your wheel man going to be like, shit, you should have done it. Why not? But then you're going to have, like, you're going to have, like, your utility man, some of your more rational, grounded guys going to be like, nah, man, we can't do all that. That's too much. They want you to get bottle service for them? Hell <laughs> no. no. Get no bottle service. So you, say, so you said they gave a bottle service for You us. might be able to join my party and get bottle service with me, but I'm not just getting bottle service for you while I'm over here and all I got is a phone number that may or may not be yours when I leave this bitch. So I ain't doing that. But anyway, so the point about the entire thing is, is that the Padres gave up everything. They gave up all they had to get him. And in, Soto's got two and a half years left on his contract. Padres have never won a World Series. The Padres have been giving out big money to anybody who's asking. So they've been writing sucker checks for years now. So the Nationals had to know that if I call them, oh, yeah, something going to work out. So you got the Cardinals interested. You got the Dodgers interested. The Dodgers are interested in everybody. everybody. Like they're, they're, they're always in. They're, they're always down for open. The Dodgers, the Yankees, they're usually in for it. The Yankees didn't have interest in this one. It didn't make a lot of sense for them, and I don't think they had the ammo to, to pull this one off anyway. But they uh they went and got they went and got a pretty nice pitcher though, and that's exactly what they needed. So you know, but though they saw the Padres and they was like, if we can just get these guys interested. Oh yeah, that's the play. They got a former number one overall prospect. They got a number the, the number six overall prospect from last year. They got the best outfielder in their system. They got three more top 100 guys like they gave up years and years and years of what they team could use. And what's the most important currency in baseball is service years, having controllable young guys on your team mm. so that you don't have to spend that money. And then you don't have to be able to go out and do it, but they're all in. They've never won a world series. I believe they've been th two or three times. They've been three times in the world series ever. They've never won one. Hey man, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. I still don't think this makes them the World Series front runner, but hell, it sure in the hell gives you a, a pretty elite shot to go at it. So I don't begrudge them for what they did. I mean, if you're going to go hard, go hard. But I also am not mad at the Cardinals for saying, nah, man, we're not finna buy bottle service for the whole crew. That ain't us. Especially when there's only two years left on your contract and you and just you told somebody anyway. else that $500 million may not be enough. So is that what he's that's what he's worth right now is around five hundred million? They say. I mean, absolutely. Why not? I mean, you know, Mike. I mean, Trout's in his thirties and just got four fifty. Ooh. You know, this dude's twenty three. You're actually in the rare position with Juan Soto that you're going to be paying for production years. You he'll be signing a contract when he's twenty five, and he'll actually be good enough to deliver on part of that contract. Whereas. You give up a lot of these legacy contracts, like Albert Pujols got a legacy contract. Robinson Cano got a legacy contract. Joey Votto's still making money from 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? You got guys that's making money off who they used to be, not who they are. And that's the, the rare opportunity that Soto brings. Now, listen, I'll say this too. In most of these prospect for superstar trades, the known quantity almost always ends up outperforming the unknowns. You know, mm -hmm. for all of those top prospects, man, how many top prospects have have been in and just flamed out and not been what they're supposed to be. I mean, we're sitting right here in St. Louis, Kobe Rasmus, Alex Reyes, 
uh, you know, Alan Bennis, Alan Watson, like all these guys, man, like, you know, bad situation with Oscar Tavares, but you never got an opportunity to get the most out of that deal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but so, yeah, I mean, the Padres are getting the guarantee, but the Padres also got to keep them there too. And the other point that I'll make about it is, is that when you bring a couple of young superstars together, hey man, it's kind of hot at first. But Fernando Tatis been the man in San Diego. For a long How time. How Fernando Tatis feel about another guy coming on his hill, selling jerseys, hearing his name, getting chanted? You know what I'm saying? Now maybe he's a man on your yard, and you just signed a 10-year contract to be there too. You know, that Derek Jeter, I was just watching the captain on ESPN+, Plus, which, by the way, is fire, super fire. And it talked about how the Alex Rodriguez-Derek Jeter relationship fell apart. And then when he came and then when he came to New York, how he had to, you know, he had to humble up and kind of come to the thing. Now, I'm not saying that Soto and Tatis don't get along. I think they might be good friends and might be able to make it happen. But there's still a thing about bringing them superstars into one place. What's up, Brooklyn Nets? You know what I'm saying? Where things ain't guaranteed to play out the way that the lights are spelled on the marquee. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, even you're talking about the Derek Jeter, um, but they're basically bizarre worlds of each other, like in their regular lives, in their general lives. Completely different people. But they're, but they're people. but they're similar people, like if, if in a weird way as well. I'm just saying, like he's. The, I'll put like, it this way: If you put Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez into one person, yep, you'd have the ultimate baseball player. You'd have right. the ultimate I was baseball. About in their personal lives. I was talking about the way they move outside baseball. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying you can bring that piece from Derek Jeter. You can bring that determination to win, that leadership, them intangibles, everything he's got, that focus, all of that with Derek Jeter. And then just with the just damn near unparalleled skill set of Alex Rodriguez into one guy, you got the ultimate baseball player. There's never been a player that good, ever. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, it's more than I'm thinking about it. No, you're right. It's not there. It's impossible. You got everything you need. So the thing about it is, is that, hey, man, listen, I'm a fan of the game. I'm excited to see what this lineup can do. That's crazy. I mean, it could be something else. Now, the funniest part about this whole thing was is that it almost got filibustered, though, by Eric Hosmer, who they gave, they owe $44 million, and they tried to trade him to a team that was on his no-trade list in the Washington Nationals. And he was like, oh, no, I ain't going there. I told y'all I wasn't going there. When we signed up, I said I ain't going there if you tried to trade me. And they had to convince him to do it, and he said no. Y'all better find somebody else. So they had to get the Boston Red Sox to come in and say, all right, man, we'll take you. We'll take you. So they had to take Eric Hosmer out the club because he was fired up. He was watching the bottle service get bought, but he took that money out of his pocket. He was like, man, I ain't finna, I'm not finna not get a ride home after this because you got all these chicks with you now. Like, how, why I got to get an Uber? Hell no. You better call the Uber and pay for it myself, and I ain't rocking with you no more. Dang, I didn't even realize was the, was the girl he was getting the booth for. They bought they bought the booth. They bought the booth. And they and now it looks like they might be paying, you know, on some a few other nights out too. <laughs> but some other people. The Padres are the good time guy, man. When you see the Padres in the club, ladies, that's your that's your target. Nobody else matters at that point. The wow. Padres are the good time guy. Damn, man. You didn't put so hold on. The pot so Damn, I never knew the Padres was a good time. The good time. Oh man, it, it, when you've never won before and you get a little I money, with the Anaheim Angels. Oh, they are too. Don't hate okay. them. take it from them. They're okay. big time, good time guys. Okay, I was like, I don't play with the Anaheim Here's Angels. The They're good time guys though. They're gonna get you your paper, 
but it ain't guaranteed to do nothing for you on the other side. Meanwhile, like the Dodgers and like the Yankees and like, yo, they're good time folks, but they're going to change your life. That's what they're going to do. They're going to bring you on. You're going to be a girlfriend when you're with them. You might fuck around and be a wife. <laughs> but with the Padres, you just somebody I'm tricking them for the night. The, 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 the Yankees and the Dodgers, they at the Ritz. You know what I'm saying? They at okay. the Ritz. You already know what it is. You down, you down at the hood spot to be having the artists come in when you bump into the Padres. They got that, they got that drug money and they just trying to spend it and be seen doing it. And and you got a booth, you got a booth at the uh Yogotic show. They buying cars on the coast. They buying cars. They renting them or leasing them in San Diego. <laughs> that ain't his car. Them get as soon as hard times hit, that ownership gonna come in and be like, hey man, some of these guys gotta go. We gotta make some money for a couple years. <laughs> so all right then uh, last up man we had the past probably the hardest turn we've ever taken no i know because i'm trying like man i want to dive we're gonna have to do a whole thing on that of the most trickiest franchises in every sport <laughs> who's oh the, we can who's... oh i'm ready that's next show next show <laughs> most trickiest franchises in every sport what franchises you should be focusing on if you're trying to come up quick yeah like if you like you said when a woman comes in like Oh, I know him. Shout out That's to the him. shout out, you know, shout out to the Rams. Ooh. They won a Super Bowl, but still. They tricked their way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they absolutely did. They absolutely did. All right. Plenty of tricks in the NBA. I can talk about that all day. <laughs> the NBA last is the trickiest league of them all. Oh, yeah. Definitely the trickiest league is all. Well, I don't know. There's some Premier League teams that's some pretty big tricks too. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna keep it just US based. I wasn't even gonna even try to go out because most of the time to get there. AEW some tricks, like WCW with some tricks. <laughs> we can get into it. <laughs> All right, Bill Russell passed away. Rest in heaven to the legend. Man, I think every year, uh somebody uh, I think it was Roy Woods Jr. said every year I'll be I'm happy when I see Bill Russell still alive that he's still here. <laughs> well, you know what, man? I mean, I don't think that you can. I'm not going to get into the accolades and get into the, you know, the. I think that one of the best and worst things about basketball is, is that everybody obsesses over top 10 lists, top 10 lists. This guy would have been better than this guy. You know, he's more talented than this guy. He had this numbers back. And here's the thing. That's the opposite of what Bill Russell was about. And Bill Russell's impact on the court was innumerable. You know, he's 11 and one all time in NBA finals, 21 and 0 in go-home games, in, in, in de de decisive games, period. Like, back to the wall, 21-0. and 0. Um, mm. You know, two-time champion in college, Olympic champion. Like, did everything that you can do when it comes to winning. Like, the mo the winningest uh, athlete of all time. Here's the thing I'm going to say about Bill Russell, though. He also is the greatest team sport athlete of all time. And what I mean by that is not excellence of the type of Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky or someone of that ilk. I'm talking about as far as being a guy who what he did elevated a team by his presence. Bill Russell changed the sport in ways that just were, it was incalculable. I mean, Will Chamberlain was always more talented than Bill Russell, always. Like Will Chamberlain might be the physically most impressive athlete in NBA history if you really look at the things he did and how dominant he was around the rim. Yeah, people are going to say he is playing against plumbers and playing against all of the, all of that bullshit. But at the end of the day, that just tells me you didn't watch Will Chamberlain play because you don't see how crazy it would have carried over to playing right now. 
You and you always talk about what would have happened if you dropped Giannis off in 1965. Well, you don't need to speculate on that because it was Wilt Chamberlain. So mm-hmm. we've seen that happen already. But he never beat Bill Russell when it really mattered because Bill Russell was the ultimate X factor. Bill Russell raised the play of all the people around him and, and was the gear behind all of those Celtics championships. And he engineered just a dynasty unlike none other. Um, you know, the Lakers have had a lot of people be responsible for their championships. They've had a lot of, you know, from Magic and Kareem to Kobe and Shaq to LeBron and all the guys that they've got that are running it now. Go back in the day to Jerry West. He got one title, but he got one title because he kept running into Bill Russell. Yeah. You know, I mean, Michael Jordan and Bill Russell were the two biggest era breakers of all Ooh, time. Ooh, that's some real shit right there. They're the yes. two biggest era breakers of all time. And that's what separates them as competitors in my mind. Those are the one and two team impact competitors in NBA history and have to be in the top five of all time in uh, in sports history as well. But here's the thing about about Mr. Russell. I'll give him his respect because it's due. And the things we're about to talk about negotiate there too. He's the guy that said, I'm not moving to St. Louis because it's too racist down there. Mm. The Hawks passed on him in the draft because he already let it be known he wasn't going to go there. So instead he got to go to Boston and deal with the same type of stuff. And then he gets there and had to literally be the black hero in what we all know for Boston to be. And what Boston still is, if you, if you, if you have people tell it to you right now, and it was just a conversation on on um, on uh, the shop, or at least on Undisputed not too long back, uh, about how people were acting out there just in this past playoffs. It is what it is. Call it what you will. But he transcended that. Bill Russell was the first African-American coach to win a championship in North American team sports when he won it as a player coach with the Celtics. You know, Bill Russell put his foot down and was a man of principle. And principle lasts a lot longer than, you know, those titles are forever. They say banners forever, titles forever. Well, having a principle and putting your foot down and being for the greater good for your people and for the culture lasts just as long, if not longer. And he said a president that that I think a lot of people reap benefit from now that they don't realize what he led to do it. Bill mm-hmm. Russell, in my mind, when you talk about the platform for an athlete and for what you can do from being an athlete as far as inspiring real change and social awareness and using your platform for your causes, he's got to be on the Mount Rushmore for that. I can't see how there could be – the only exception that could potentially be over him would be Jackie Robinson. Bill Russell has to be number two, has to be. He's right there. You can throw Muhammad Ali in there. You can throw Arthur Ashe in there. You can throw a number of people into that space who stood for more than just what they are. But it really takes a special, special athlete for their cause and for their purpose and their dignity and who they are to supersede their greatness on the court, especially when they got 11 championships. Right. <laughs> That's the key. Because because he could have easily just fell into the uh, the 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 stereotypical thing of – um just following this falling back. Like, I'm just going to be, I'm Bill Russell. I ain't, you know, the OJ, like I'm just Bill Russell. I he could just, no he could have just decided to just be surly and just detach himself from all those things. But the great thing about Bill Russell is too, as you discover this and you go back through the years, Bill Russell reached out to every big African-American star as they were growing through the NBA and extended himself to them over the years. He had a relationship with Kobe. He had a relationship with Wilt. He had a relationship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He had relationships with Shaq. He reached out, but he didn't do it through the media. He didn't do it in public. Hell, he didn't go to Boston for years. 
Bill Russell didn't take his Hall of Fame ring until like three years ago because they didn't put the three first African-Americans in the in, in the NBA into the Hall of Fame until then. Mm. That's like quiet, dignified protests where mm. something ain't right. I'm just not going to participate in it. That's that's a beautiful thing to me, man. Yeah, no, it is. A beautiful thing. And it's 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 that quiet it's that quiet uh that quiet energy. Absolutely. It's that it's that it's that nah, I'm about this and I'm not gonna move. And Bill Russell was a rock. They didn't have block block shot stats back then. If they did, it probably would have been a triple double for him. Uh he probably would have averaged a triple double well before Oscar Robinson did. He probably would have done it for a lot more years than Oscar or uh or Russell Westbrook had done it. Um, and somebody tried to do that, like accumulate and try to see. <clears throat> Like, it would um, be hard. I mean, I'm sure they could. You'd some have of the games weren't televised. You can't go back and watch. Yeah, all it's things. just not there, and they weren't keeping the box scores and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think they've done some pretty amazing things in the last few years as far as getting Negro League stats put together. But they'll always be incomplete just because they just never were held together. And since the games weren't televised, I mean, NBA games weren't televised televised until the '80s. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff from the '70s. They just started expanding and keeping more box scores at that point. But even Kareem's block shot numbers weren't all there because they didn't keep the stats. So, you know, from the 70s, I think they started keeping block shots in like 77 or 78, I think. Oh, wow. So, I mean, so, you know, yeah, I mean, you're losing, Wilt, you're losing Wilt stats too. From yeah, that, I mean, there's a lot of numbers that aren't there that don't tell the whole story. But that's also another thing. And that's another the last point I want to make about Bill Russell is, is that, you know, is, is that that's why it's important to listen to people about what people meant and what they did both on and off the court. Too often we get into these top 10 debates and we get into these again playing NBA jam, playing one-on-one basketball, which is never, which is never what, how you should judge uh, a, a, who's the better player who would have won a one-on-one game. You can watch the mixtape for that, but, or you play 2K. Yeah, but that's not what it's about, but that's why it's important to ask the stories about these guys and hear it from people that saw them play and saw the impact they made and saw what they did in between the lines and things like that, but also what they did off the court, you know, the, he was part of helping to organize, uh, you know, boycotts when MLK's death happened, you know, and doing different mm. things like that. Like always took a stand and was never afraid to use his position. And I think that one of the good things that's happened in the last few years is that you do start to see more people take their position and do things. I think that what the Bucks did um, back in the bubble when they refused to take the playoff, take the court in the playoffs mm -hmm. was amazing. But, man, we had probably 30 to 40 years in between the last time we had something that significant happen on the court. And the last time it was happening, it was with guys like Bill Russell leading the way. So, I mean, I hope that the, what happens is, is that more and more people look backwards now and don't look at the championships, don't just look at how he would have done one-on-one -on -one against XYZ player, but look at what he brought to the culture and to the game in general and try to emulate that. And for that reason alone, I can't make a top five basketball player list without including Bill Russell as a part of it. Mm. Who is your top five then off this before, as we close out, um, Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, Russell. So solid list. No, no Kobe, Kobe fans. Come at me, bro. Kobe. I might have something to say. Look, you know, he ain't going to like that. You don't have to feel a way about that. I'm ready for that one. <laughs> You gonna talk about Kobe? I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna drag Kobe into the conversation about him. I got Tim Duncan over him too, so we'll see. Ooh. We, we talk about that sometimes. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Matt, 
man, we'll let everybody know where you can hit 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 you up at. Man, you know uh, what it is, man. Talk about the Facebook group. Shit, we ain't even talking oh, about yeah, the Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It was just getting to it, man. Hey, on Facebook, we got good conversations. We got current events. We got whatever you need all the time in the spirit of the show, man, over at <laughs> SOLC, Sports and Culture. You know, it's a it's a, it's a a private group. You got to put the invite in. I'm letting most <laughs> people in. I will throw you out if I got to. I don't I don't want to. Uh, what, uh, what was uh? I, uh, if no, you gotta uh, go, you gotta go. No, but I, I remember you. this episode of Martin. He's like, well, when he kicked out Bro Man, he's like, we had an incident earlier when we had to kick out somebody at the fight party. Remember? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I want people to stay. I don't do that. There's, there, we're approaching 200 folks in there already, man. It's been it's been a good ride. I'm hoping to pick it up during football season. Hey, another announcement: we got the SOLC Sports and Culture Fantasy Football League yep, coming yep. up. We're going to have some dope prizes that come into that. Also, some engagement, some week-to-week engagement here on the network, too, coming out of Fantasy Weekend as we recap that. We're going to be doing some gambling coverage this year. We're going to be doing a lot of different things, especially on DFS and things like that. So, um, you know, stay locked, man. But you can always check me on Instagram at Cheap Seat Fan. You can check me on Twitter once again. <laughs> Free Cheap Seat Fan at work. The embargo is over. <laughs> I ain't got my check back yet, but I'll work on that. Cheap Seat Fan over there. And uh, G, let them know where they can email in, where they can contact. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, sports scenario sports at gmail.com or uh, straightOLC at gmail or SOLC network. Basically, you everything is in the notes. You just need to click on one of them, send your shout outs, your thoughts, um, and we'll be able to, you know, really uh, interact with y'all. But the, the group is where it's at. That's where a lot of the main conversations goes on. And for those people that can't get on there, just you know, make a fake uh Facebook account and just jump in. <laughs> you should burn an account, man. Yeah, you should burn an account. I know you got one. All the yeah, people that stay in on one. Facebook, they got one. <laughs> they got they just don't I, have a profile picture on there. They got a dog on there or something. Don't matter. Don't matter. I got a couple homies that got them joints. They serve purposes, man. But hey, and we won't we won't tell y'all about that either. But that's that's no, it's good. Old. Everything's safe for me. But hey, yo, it's much love, man. Shout out to everybody that checked this out, sending your thoughts. Send in your, your opinions. Yo, we're more than happy to talk about that. Get in the mix here. But, yo, till the next time, man. Yo, SOLC up. Peace.